This is episode 244 of the Books, Shows, Tunes, and Mad Acts podcast. This episode is titled, Rockin' with Jerry Williams Jr., a.k.a. Swamp Dog. Welcome to Books, Shows, Tunes, and Mad Acts, the show about stuff we like. I'm your host, Jennifer Crittenden, and sometimes I'm lucky enough to be joined by my co-host, Bill Aho, who has an ear for good music and an eye for the extraordinary. Books, Shows, Tunes, and Mad Acts is brought to you by Discreet Guide, a training company for improving your speaking and writing skills. We hope you enjoy the show. All right. Welcome, everyone. I'm very excited to have a new guest on the show today. And Bill Aho is with me. I'm not going to forget him this time. Uh, so welcome, Jerry Williams, a.k.a. Swamp Dog, and Bill. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'll start by introducing Swamp Dog. He His full name is uh, Jerry Williams, Jr., um, but he's gone by Swamp Dog pretty much since 1970. And he's an American soul and R&B singer, musician, songwriter, and record producer. He's been described as one of the great cult figures of 20th century American music. He made his first record at age 12 and now has made at least 25, just quite remarkable. And the last two, I'll mention one from 2020 called Sorry You Couldn't Make It which is really a terrific album. I'll just uh, jump in here with my opinion. And there's a really great video on YouTube where you can watch a full concert of that album, which I just loved. I so enjoyed watching that. So I highly recommend that. And then the more recent album from 2022 is called I Need a Job So I Can Buy More Auto-Tune. And we'll, I hope that we'll get a chance to talk about uh, why you chose that title. As to why he chose the name Swamp Dog for his alias, I can't resist using his own words here. And partly the swamp came from a description that was made for the kind of music that he does, sort of a funk kind of music from that era of 1970. But then he also chose dog. And I think the dog lovers amongst us will enjoy this. He said he came up with the name dog because a dog can do anything and anything a dog does never comes as a real surprise. If he sleeps on the sofa, shits on the rug, pisses on the drapes, chews up your slippers, humps your mother-in-law's leg, jumps on your new clothes and licks your face, he's never gotten out of character. You understand what he did. You curse while making allowances for him, but your love for him never diminishes. So welcome, Swamp Dog. So happy to have you on the show. Happy to be on the show. You know, I was at your birthday party show last year, and it was just amazing. I, I could see that the um, that you were getting lots of love from the audience. I mean, everybody there was just enjoying your performance and and just you in, a, in itself. At the end, you were even walking through the crowd singing and people were following you. It's like the Pied Piper going through a concert at the end, and you were just leading them around. 
And because it was your birthday, then we had cake. (laughs) (laughs) It was a pretty amazing night. Was it as much fun for you as it was for us? I hope so. It was a hell of a lot of fun for me. Just having another birthday is cause (laughs) for for a celebration. You know, I just got to give a shout out to your daughter who, Dr. Jerry Williams, she works with you a lot, it seems like, and she really was a great co-host for your birthday party. I mean, she was, you could see she was organizing stuff, setting up the stuff for the shirts and everything. I mean, it was, she was great at behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. She's fantastic. She's fantastic. That's, she's my baby daughter. Uh, uh, she's, um, yeah, the last girl. We, I had five girls. Oh, wow. And uh, she's the fifth. And she chose to be a neurologist. Mm-hmm. She also told me she was going to take over my career. And, and so she could stop watching me fuck over it. So <laughs> straighten you out. Yeah. So <laughs> she has, and things have gone very good since she's taken over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you've written so many songs. I was just amazed when I was going back through your repertoire. Just the number of songs is amazing. And then, you know, the the difference in them, the variety of them, how funny they are. I was I, I was really knocked out by your skill just as a songwriter, not to even mention a performer and musician. So can you tell us a little bit about your songwriting process? Okay. When you say the process. Uh, what do you mean? Well, I guess you tell me. I mean, do you sit down at a piano? Does okay. the melody come first? Do you get a like a lyric that you think is funny and you start with that? Or like what comes first? Usually a title. Uh-huh. Uh, somebody will say something and all of and that that uh statement that they'll make or whatever will bring forth a picture Mm. in my mind and I'll write it down and I will, I'll look at it every now and then, or it might be so hot in my mind that I'll come home or stay home and start work on it. Uh, Usually it doesn't take me over uh, half a day to do to to write a song like that, mm-hmm. yeah, by title. I, and you know, I I really didn't understand what was inspiring me until I was asked by several people, including you. Mm-hmm. Now I know, cause I used to have to stop and think, like, how the hell do that? But. <laughs> So uh, that's the way I go about it. Yeah, I just have to mention, I'm not surprised that the titles come first or at least are a big inspiration because they're really great. Like, I'll just name off a a couple here. 
uh, I'd rather be your used to than you're supposed to be. I mean, yeah. there's a whole story in that title, right? Just so great. Yeah. And then Good, Better, Best. I love that song. And But again, the title really, you know, sa- says it. Uh, oh, yeah. And then, of course, you know, the very famous song, uh, Don't Take Her, She's All I've Got. Yeah. yeah. Again, a whole story in that one. Yeah. So, you know, I was curious about that, about, because titles are full of words, and often your lyrics to your song are also, you know, it's not that they're wordy, but the words are really meaningful. You're not just singing songs that are just, you know, la, 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 or, or whatever. So, you know, tell me about your relationship with words. Have you always been really comfortable with words? And what do you attribute your facility with words to? Uh don't know why, because I was always being told to shut up. <laughs> so, I'm lucky I speak any words at all. Um, now, I messed around and forgot the question. <laughs> well, I just wondered if words had always, you know, if you started with words at a young age or if you attribute, you know, your affinity with words, your comfort with words to something in particular. Uh, I just, I, 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 I love to hear people talk, mm-hmm. uh, the things that they talk about. Where I was raised, there was a bunch of old guys. Now I say bunch of old guys. I'm one of those old guys now, but they weren't that old. I was listening to them with their war stories and so forth. And when I look back, these guys were like 20. Oh, (laughs) I I thought you were going to say 40 or something. (laughs) They really weren't that old. Like right home from Korea Mm -hmm. or or wherever, I would listen to them and uh, just and write about what they say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, storytelling, a lot of storytelling. Yeah. And I don't really consider myself a storyteller, Mm. but I guess it works its way out that Mm -hmm. way anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you also have that really beautiful song um, called A Good Song. And you talk yeah. in there about uh, what makes a good song and, you know, just some really touching lines about it's not who sings it. Um, but you say it's it would say all I want to say to you and you to me. Right. Whole world in that line. So lovely. Is there anything else you look for in a song? Uh, yeah, I. I try to get an idea of who could sing it, who would sing it, mm. and keep. I try to keep that in mind also, because you know, is all I have at that moment is some words on paper. Mm. But I also need someone who's going to be able to get it out in front of the people, so they can hear it and. Uh, that's that's usually a difficult job, mm. but it goes with the territory. Mm. Do, you have a, do you have a go-to person that comes to your head first when it comes to the person that you're thinking about, or is this different for every song? Different for every song. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, so was there a connection that was made through that Don't Take Her, She's All I've Got song that ended up being such a big hit for Johnny Paycheck? Yeah, that was written by Gary U.S. Bonds oh. and, and myself. Mm-hmm. Actually, he came up with the title. Uh, uh-huh. He'd seen it on the subway. He was on the way out to my house. And he saw it on the subway in a advertisement. Mm-hmm. He came by the house. He said, man, look, I got a hell of a idea here from, from an advertisement. Mm-hmm. And, and it's called, he said, it said, don't take her. She's all I got. We, we did a couple songs. Funny thing, we did a couple of songs that week. And and the other one was uh, a thing called uh, To the Other Woman, I'm the Other Woman. Mm-hmm. Gary brought both of those mm. to my attention, and we just drank and <laughs> had fun and, and wrote the songs. Mm-hmm. I, I wish there was some magic or something that would, that would make it sound so great but i can't make it sound any greater than it was yeah to something the magic was was just there anyway i mean you guys getting together and having those experiences and talking about stuff it sounded like it was a real brotherhood per se you guys were this similar mindsets and just could communicate that in the music real well right jennifer that's who you should be interviewing you should interview bill Mm. <laughs> I know yeah. he's an interesting guy, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he is. I know. I really enjoy having him on. We should show. have him on. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've got a few questions for him, actually. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's one thing about your career that I really noticed. I mean, the twenty-five albums, amazing, and then the number of songs. But you know, your work ethic is really tremendous, right? I mean. We talk about magic, right? And and there's a lot of that, no doubt. But there's also just a lot of work, right? Just yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, I congratulate you for that. That takes a lot of, that takes a lot to keep going, you know, in this industry. I think especially it's, it really takes a lot of will to keep going. There's a lot of people, uh, a lot of writers, good writers Mm. will make themselves or position themselves so they have to they have to actually have someone else tell them the next step and all of the steps in order to get a song over or something like yeah Mm. to get a song done Mm -hmm. and I have done that, but not that many times. I've always started running for whomever I thought the song would be good for. Mm. Remember, let me tell you something, Bill and Jennifer. My my daughter, who is a neurologist, mm-hmm. has told me not to worry about it. And I keep thinking that I'm getting Alzheimer's or something, you know? And I all of a sudden, because I, I forget so much shit, 
But I also remember so many things I have to do and want to do. And if you could see my desk right now where I'm sitting, you'd understand. I mean, it's piled up. I've, I've just got to unpile it. Anyway, I just want you to know that. Well, I think I had the same problem then. I must have it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the judging by your background, Bill, yeah. But but I, I think that's right. One of the things that struck me about just learning more about your career and listening to some of the things that you've said, I remember at one point you said, you know, I like to just put my songs out there and see if the public likes them. And that's a really different attitude than people who are being told you know, this is the trajectory that we want your star career to go. You know, here's when you do this. Here's when you release this. Here's when you do that. We need that hit. Yeah, yeah, we need that hit. And then I remember at one point you said, you know, I'm not sure that the that the industry really understands what the public wants to hear. And that so resonated with me because I think your music is really special. And when you know, Wikipedia refers to you as a cult musician, it's because there are so many of us out there who love what you do, right? We don't classify you. We don't care about all that. We don't care about the hit and all that. We just love your music. And so I I really appreciate that you've had the courage to, to stick with that, you know, and to go your own way. Well, I'm glad to... Uh... <laughs> Especially since I really can't do anything else. I don't know. I've, uh, I'm a one-trick pony. But no, I stuck with this. I've been trying to write ever since I could pick up a pencil and write down any kind of thoughts. Mm. I, I love writing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in love with writing. Mm. If if you don't have if you don't have a good song. Is first thing you got to do is get a good song. Just, well, it's just like any other uh, profession. You know, if you want to get in it and stay in it properly, you got to have the right tools, the best tools. And I've had that. I've had writing partners. Um, I only have a certain amount of people that I have written with, mm-hmm. but. It's like I, I do that because that takes me out of the um, maybe your comfort zone, right? Right, <laughs> and throws me over into another zone. Yeah, and I'll be real happy in that, and I'll keep working. It's just like I've I finished this uh, this next album, which is coming out. It's got some. Got some terrific songs on. Oh, good. Let me see. What could I tell you about it? I sat out. I've been working with country music all my life, and nobody really wanted to record any. Well, I was I was in New York at the time, and you know what New Yorkers think of country music. <laughs> so. The, the, I couldn't, I had to write other songs in order to stay current because I would have starved to death on, uh, Mm -hmm. with, with this country music. Mm. You know, 
we music appreciators, we don't really care the the classification of the music, but the industry always seems determined, you know, to classify people. And I really think it hurts the industry a lot. But but there's that there is a lot of country themes in what you do. And of course, you know, Johnny Paycheck with his big hit. But but you know, the other person who comes to mind in for a variety of reasons is John Prine. Because a lot of times people would recognize that a lot of his songs had that country element also to it. The other thing I was thinking about with John Prine and listening to your songs is you both are quite funny, but also quite heartbreaking. And so that, you know, two sides of the same coin, that tragedy, comedy. Um, I remember the first time I heard John Prine's line, there's a hole in daddy's arm where all the money goes. You know, you just don't forget a line like that. But I was wondering if you wanted to talk a little bit about John Prine. Well, of course. I, I, I met John in uh, around 1968, maybe. Mm. 67, 68. He and his manager had gotten John signed to Atlantic Records. Mm -hmm. But at that time, if you weren't Wilson Pickett, Aretha Franklin, Don Covey, Mm -hmm. you weren't going to be heard of unless you were real lucky. Mm -hmm. Because that's how, that's what was making their money come in. And then you had Aretha Franklin at the very top. That's what they were pushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took "Don't Take a She's All I Got," some other songs to the uh, to the other woman. I'm the other woman. Uh-huh. Um, now they passed on all of that. Oh, what happened? The kind of deal I had with them is like everything that I wrote belonged to them unless they turn it down. Okay. And they turned down everything I brought them. Yeah. And, but here's, now, they also would have owned them. Uh-huh. Now, after getting ter- turned down, they recorded To the Other Woman, I'm the Other Woman on Lulu. They re- even recorded the B-side, which was, I don't, I don't care anymore on Lulu. Mm. And they cut a song on um, Didi Warwick. We got mentioned for a Grammy at that time, but hey. Yeah. That went down the toilet. But what I'm getting to is they recorded about eight of my songs, and I ended up keeping all of the publishing. Oh, because they didn't want the song. Uh-huh. One night, Jerry Wexler called me at home. Jerry Wexler was vice president or president. I never knew who, was, who they were of Atlantic. Mm-hmm. And he called me one night from Miami. And he said that he was in the studio. And he said, Jerry, have you got anything? Uh 
Yeah, I'm looking for I'm looking for that blockbuster. And now being a writer, you never say you don't have it. Say, right. You, yes, I got a hundred of those. You know? Right. I'll just reach into my bag here. Right. So after I told him, he had us to send it down to Florida uh, where they were recording. And he got it the next day. And I think about all the things that we, the way we did it made it real exciting. Also, because, you know, in those days, we didn't have FedEx. Mm -hmm. May had, have had UPS. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I don't think so. Mm -hmm. uh, but you could take your packages. What I'm coming to is that we sent it to him that very night. But to do that kind of thing, those days, you go out to the airport. Mm -hmm. And if you got a small package, you can just hand it <laughs> to a flight attendant and the person on the other end would be there to pick it up. That's wild. When it, when it got in. Yeah. And they were just using different freight companies. Mm -hmm. So we got it to him. He loved it. He recorded it the next day, next night. Mm -hmm. it, it was, Hey, it was another song that they turned down. And if I had been one of those people who were always upset because I got turned down, I never got upset by being turned down hmm. because you can't like everything. And I didn't like everything, mm -hmm. you know. But in the meantime, we back to John. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They turned down his uh his record, which was Sam Stone. Yeah. And when I heard it, it came across my desk. I, I, I was supposed to be Black A&R, uh, Artisan Repertoire. So I held on to the demo. Mm -hmm. Well, they had gone so far as to press up a certain amount of promotional disc. And, but they didn't do anything. They didn't, I mean, it was awful the way they treated the deal. Oh. So I looked around, John was no longer on, on the label. And I had gotten to meet him once. Mm. We got a, a, a running relationship once John left Atlantic. Uh -huh. we, we met, had dinner, had lunch, had drinks. Mm -hmm. And I guess talked about how unfair things were. Mm -hmm. But hey, uh, I keep pushing. I always think that next push is going to open up everything. John, we kind of stayed in touch, but in touch was like I may not have talked to him for 10 years. Oh, wow. But we would talk for. I don't know, 10 hours, maybe. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. It's, and then you don't, because I didn't know that he had thrown his hand in and was, a, and had become a mail carrier. So, oh. yeah, and I said, damn, not John Pride. John <laughs> don't have to carry mail. Mm -hmm. 
But again, he wrote stories. Mm -hmm. He observed things. Mm -hmm. And he was good at doing things that would be not like cartoons, but like Dr. Zeus. Mm-hmm. That type, that 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 type of. He could simplify simplify the the song in a way that people all people could understand it, or right. You know, he can just say so much with one line, but I I do think this, you know, this having a sense of humor, which really often is a reflection of being a pretty sensitive person. And then seeing the tragedy also in life, which, of course, you know, we lost John. So that really was tragic. Right. So, you know, it's really um, I really admire what you two did together and the friendship that you had. I can see where the two of you really bonded. When he when he passed, he and I had just decided to go to Ireland where he had a. He has a, a a home in Ireland, mm. and we were going there for like a week, do nothing but write. And mm. I was really looking forward to it, yeah, because um, I've been a lot of places, but I've never been to Ireland. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I don't think nobody black ever been to Ireland. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> You'll be the first. There must be somebody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I've had many conversations with many people. I never ever said, yes, I just got back from Ireland. And, <laughs> that sounds kind of white, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, so, so we didn't get a chance to do that. Yeah. That's tragic. But I, I, I loved him as a writer. The, the the song Memories, I think, is just fantastic. I, I was playing that earlier today, mm-hmm. and it's just a touching song and it just it's just awesome and when you did when you did it in concert that was one of the highlights also but also sam stone you did and that one was just epic the way you added so much to it yeah well that i said that's my song i i i loved it from the very beginning and like i told you i heard it first at atlantic mm-hmm because I was the head of Black A&R. Mm. Now, you, this morning I've had, I'm getting calls from from everywhere. Well, I've been getting those cremation uh, oh, geez. calls. You know, <laughs> how would you like to be burned up? Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> Good news, you can be burnt. You qualify. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 you qualify. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a song right there. Yeah, about all your calls. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That'd be a good song. Yeah, but something like that. It, that that was more like it become the biggest song I ever had. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That'd I'd be have, the irony, right? <laughs> I'd have to run around singing that damn thing. No, it would write itself. They'd, they'd, yeah, they'd use it as an ad for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! Uh, don't well, take her. She's all I got. Will fit right in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you see her laying there in that little box. Oh, dear. <laughs> down on your knees, begging. You know, don't take her. She's all oh, I got. That's sad. 
Let's well, move on. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we can move on from that. Uh, your, your, your music has so much heart and humor and a really good share of sarcasm. Do you have a particular favorite song that you've done? You believe it or not, I I, I love other people's songs mm. better than mine. Mm, really? Uh, oh, yeah. interesting. You're too, you're too close to it. Uh, maybe. That could be. But I got several favorites. They just in what happens is then the only way I can break them down is in categories. Mm. Take take for instance uh rhythm and blues and swinging blues. Mm. I love Louis Jordan. Are you familiar with Louis Jordan? Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. Bill is. Mm-hmm. And he wrote he wrote some some of the great songs. He was actually the first to make videos for his songs. Oh. Now we and we're talking the forties here. Oh wow. And he's making videos. Mm-hmm. And his songs they sold, but and one thing he did have going for himself, I can't think of the fellow's name, but the president of at that time MCA mm-hmm. was his manager. Oh. So, <laughs> so while he was president, it I mean he could have he could have taken up almost anything and made it a hit. He was a high energy guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But one 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 last thing about Louis Jordan before we go away. I'm I'm just finishing up the book by Art Fine. Yeah, and, that's my buddy. Yeah, and I, and and he mentioned in there how one of the New Year's Eve shows that he did, he that you came here and did the whole set. You were supposed to a whole set of Louis Louis Jordan, and it sounded like it must have been must it must have been an awesome New Year's Eve show. Well, it was. <laughs> it was we. We 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 give these shows every New Year's Eve, mm. and and it was just the idea was, okay, I think Art, myself, four other guys that we all shared the love of the same type of music. Mm-hmm. We started throwing New Year's Eve parties, mm. but they were for us. Yeah, it's, instead of having it at one of our homes we would rent a little space and uh, have it there. Hmm. Yeah, but actually became famous because uh, people wanted to know if we're going to have it this year, if yeah. we're going to ha- And we had several of them. And, and then we, we started bringing in acts from the era, like we had Screaming Jay Hawkins. Oh, wow. One, one, one night, then we had... Uh, did he put his spell on you? Uh, he, 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 he tried. He <laughs> his thing was he would get in the he didn't like getting in the coffin. He had built this career around getting in and out of that coffin, saying, <laughs> "I put a spell on you." <laughs> and he did, but he some he he got paranoid. He became paranoid, and it didn't want to be. In the coffin. And yeah, <laughs> good thinking. <laughs> one of one of our friends, who was he was actually one of the main go getters 
for our New Year's party, Bill Leibowitz. Hmm. He had to talk him down to the point that at least he agreed to get in the coffin, <laughs> but he had, he wanted to have his like just his fingertips between the top and the box itself, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so, oh, an escape, he, an escape route. Take yeah. The yeah. Net. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have gotten in it. Number one. I yeah. Know I right. Yeah. No, I was, you know, you get the I, cremation calls. Yeah. yeah right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and he, he started it with the whole getting in the coffin thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> At the time, I think he was on Decca Records when he did it, mm. and he and I don't know if he expected it to become uh-huh. as big sure. as it did. Yeah, but you know, well, anyway, we finally got him. Now you did a New Year's show just this a few months ago. Was that part of Arts, or was that a different New Year's Eve show in itself? Different one because what happened, my daughter Jerry. She started a New Year's Eve concert and party and bring in some people that we hadn't seen, mm-hmm. right, hadn't heard of and all that kind of stuff, like question question mark in the Mysterious. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <Wow>. We brought <laughs> when the last time you seen them. So we had people like that. That sounds really fun. Yeah, it was. sounds really fun. Yeah. People came from all over the world mm. after the first one mm. to come to the second, the third. And I think after that, we couldn't do it. That's when the COVID came along. Yeah. You come, you come up quite a few times in Art's book. Art talks a lot about your shows and different things like that. It's pretty, pretty nice. I was yeah. surprised to see you mentioned so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you weren't editing the book. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was. That might have been talking like that. Hey, put some more in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, you, you, your album covers are very unique. Now, they're kind of a statement in themselves. Are, are you a big part of that? Is it all you doing the process for the album covers, or? I always have to have creative control. Uh-huh. I mean, it's just amazing the covers that you've done. It's just, they, they say a lot of things about society, really, in a way. Right. Mm-hmm. You, now, you worked, we talked about Gary U.S. Bonds. It sounds like you two had a pretty good uh, writing relationship. We did. Did, did, you guys, did you guys just write, or did you guys do some performances, too? We only did one performers and that was in Rhode Island hmm. but it still basically was Gary is who they wanted I was the driving force because he liked to sleep <laughs> until six seven o'clock in the evening <laughs> and I was up in Adam doing the early hours mm-hmm I would then I could tell him where we were, what we were doing, and all that. Uh, it was it was, and we drank a lot. Mm-hmm. I think we got 
several things done because we drank a lot. We were always <laughs> hanging with party people. Uh-huh. And I, I, if we hadn't watched, watched ourselves carefully, we might have become alcoholics. Mm. And we did, <laughs> but we didn't. Did the drinking help the creative process or did that kind of slow you down sometimes? No, man, because then we would write some stuff so dumb <laughs> that we would, and like we had one song that we did, Charlie Whitehead, who mm-hmm. we brought into our fold as one of our co-writers because mm-hmm. we liked the way Charlie would put a song together. He he wrote just like we did. Uh-huh. As a matter of fact, he ended up having a hit on uh, Travis Womack. Well, he was guitar player for Lil Richard for for oh. a long time. Okay. I think they had a hit album at one point uh, under the name Hourglass. We're talking 70s here. Okay. I think it was early mm. 70s. Anyway, Bill had asked you if drinking alcohol helps or hinders. And you said, well, you know, yeah, we read some pretty dumb stuff. And I was thinking, yeah, what? Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) At the time, it's like, wow, this is genius. And then the next morning, you're like, wow, this is horrible. (laughs) Exactly. Because we wrote a song. What the heck was it? It was that bad you purged it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a reason so many songs are about drinking, right? Just yeah. one more beer and uh, one yeah. more tequila. And <laughs> yeah, we had a, a a little small R&B hit on mm. United Artists Records with Charlie oh. and called uh, "That Ain't My Wife," and <laughs> we had yeah. Then we had a then we wrote another one. Uh, the main, it was called shoot doop 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 more power to you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds and, like a drinking song. <laughs> yeah. It was, it it charted by with uh, the staple singers. Wow. It, uh-huh. it charted with Charlie Whitehead. Mm. It charted every time it came out. Oh, yeah. Um, my man who's who sung she got the gold mine, I got the shaft. Uh oh. I think Jerry, I think it was Jerry Reed. Okay. Okay. I, that I know, right. Yeah, I know that yeah. song, but yeah, I can't remember who did it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jerry Reed. So in a, now that was another one of those don't give a damn songs. Uh-huh. And it just charted about five times, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess that says something about society when the don't give a damn songs are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. You can't so, keep a good song down, right? No, keep coming back uh, up uh, on the charts. <laughs> now see something like that. I like you can't keep a good song down. <laughs> but, There's some truth to that. Just They just keep coming back. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> I like that. I've, I've heard rumors and you've mentioned a little bit uh, about a new album. And I, I think I heard rumors about a possible like movie that was re- that you were working on last year or, or for a few years and um a new the new album. Are those things gonna see this year or yeah, it's supposed to. 
there were certain things that we were looking for for the movie that would help us launch it bigger than some of those, well, cheap movie attempts. I see. Mm-hmm. We managed to get around that. Then and then rec- recording it was uh, is one of the more expensive albums. Okay. That I've done because mm-hmm. everything we wanted, everybody we wanted, we were able to get them. Wow, uh-huh. that's awesome. Yeah, a lot of the people didn't know Swamp Dog, uh-huh. but they knew the other guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this album is a is a name dropper. Wow. Believe me, it's really, really great. The name of the album is West Virginia to 125th Street. Oh, neat. Because in my research, I found out that Blacks had a lot of input in making of bluegrass. I didn't know mm. that bluegrass had its start in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So I got busy with a couple of other writers, and we came up with this with these songs. They're great songs, but you gotta bear in mind what we had the best country players. In Nashville, I mean, we didn't spare the sauce. Uh-huh. Uh, we had the best, and they kicked ass. Nice. I'm doing the album cover mm. now. The album is called West Virginia to 125th Street because that's they were doing bluegrass. In Harlem, oh. in the twenties. Oh wow! Yeah, so we call it black grass. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear yeah. that. Oh, I think that's going to be so great. Now, is the movie going to be part of the album? Is is the movie like a, a side to the album, or is that different in itself? Well, they get a hist- Is like a history type thing, or is it more about the making of the the record is part documentary, but it's now this is the way the film guys. Now I'm not a film guy. All mm-hmm. right. It, it's, the way they explain it to me is it's not a movie, but it's not a docudrama. Okay. And, it, and it's not a documentary. <laughs> We're going to have to wait and see. Yeah. And, We're going to find out. <laughs> and Now they were here last week. Uh, because they had to get some more footage. Mm-hmm. I haven't even seen much of the footage that they have. I think I, when they were here last week, they showed me about 10 minutes worth of stuff. Okay. They supposed to be getting ready for me to be able to see it. I got pissed. And because... <laughs> I was. This is my album. Yeah, you know, Adam. I'm one of the investors. Mm. You know, and everything. 
He said, man, just please just wait. Uh, and I had seen enough to feel that I could leave it in their hands. Uh-huh. I just didn't want to. Oh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? You didn't think you okay. Yeah, I'm fine. That's my partner, Moogstar. Yeah, that guy. I did want to ask you about him. So, I again, I have to take my hat off to you because you can see him, Moogstar, in the videos with you. He's your keyboard player. And that guy, when he looks over his glasses at you, if I were in your shoes, I'd be like, uh, did I mess up? Am I in trouble? <laughs> he has a very serious look. <laughs> uh, yes, he does. <laughs> He's a great character. I really enjoyed watching him play. But yeah, it's and you sit right across from him. So there's no escaping that gaze over his glasses when yeah. he's looking at you. <laughs> but well, what happens is he's got his own thing that he does musically. But then mine, he has to watch out for me because mm. every now and then I'll grab a handful of wrong notes mm. and, and play them. It sounds like shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> when he gives you that look over his glasses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll pull back. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, where are we? You know. <laughs> yeah, he's really terrific. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Swamp Dog, we've taken so much of your time. I, I really appreciate your taking the time with us and remembering those stories and everything. Mm -hmm. But before I let you go, is there anything you'd like to share with the audience? Well, yeah. I, whoever is listening that have bought any of my stuff and like it, mm. I don't care if you like it or not, really. As long as, <laughs> as, long as you buy it. As long as you buy it. Uh, I want to thank you, though. I want to I wanna thank those people. And uh, I want those people, I want us to see each other, the people and me, me and the people. Mm. Uh, this year, I hope, because we're, uh, we're getting the concerts together. See, we were going to, John Pride and I, we're supposed to do a tour together. I was going to open for John. Yeah, that was right. such a heartbreak that that's right. not going to happen. Yeah, right. I was really bummed about that. For the that. songwriting sessions, man. Yeah, I mean, people were ready. Yeah. I mean, we're talking the Apollo Theater, right. and it sold out, Yeah, uh, I think, by the second day. Yeah. Yeah, it, that was wild. That was going to be great financially and whatever's tops financial. <laughs> uh -huh. I don't think nothing tops financial. But... <laughs> Sometimes that's the way it is. Uh, yeah. Now, will you put the concert dates on your website? Yeah, when we get them, yeah. Yeah. So I'll I'll um, provide a link to the in the show notes to your website so people can find that. Okay. But yeah, I really loved that recent album too. I bought a copy of that. I really enjoyed it. So yeah, I will be looking for your next album. And yeah, those concerts, that would be really fun to go to those. Yeah. I even got the cassette tape of the extra tracks. 
No kidding. Yeah. I'd be damned. <laughs> well, thanks so much. It really was lovely to talk to you and all the best for for Where this year and, and further on. Where are you? Where are you guys? I'm in San Diego, California. And I'm in um or by, by Riverside. Oh. Temecula so, Riverside. So we're neighbors almost. Almost. Yeah. If you do local shows or you know, Southern California shows, yeah, we can or, see or, you. Or parties. Yeah, right. parties. Yeah. That's even yeah. better. I, I I saw pictures of your birthday party before the before that show last time, and with Tom. Well, Tom Kinney was at your um concert too, but and yeah. Car- I mean I know Carrie Baker and things like that, so I know some of your group. Uh, we've been a group for years. Mm-hmm. And Art too. I, I'd like to meet Art someday. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He is really great. He's a he's he's a he's a great guy, as you might say a great guy and I love him and I think he loves himself, but I ain't sure. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes hard to tell. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, we love you swamp dog. So thanks again for coming on the show and let's keep in touch. See how things are are developed this year. Thank you. Contact us anytime or or have Jerry contact us because your, your daughter is just really great at what she does. So. If you ever get a brain tumor or something, <laughs> I, can, I can get you a half price <laughs> operation or something. Ain't no problem. We'll call him uh, Dr. Williams. Yeah. Uh, can we can uh, we get like the fan discount? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again. Dr. All right. All right. Talk Th- thank soon. You, thank you, Jerry. Thank you, everybody. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Better
mess up your mind. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to check out the show notes for additional information about this episode. And give us a like or a thumbs up on Podomatic or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'd also love to have your support on Patreon. And get in touch. We'd love to hear from you through the internet or Twitter or whatever means works for you. And finally, thanks to Caffeine Creek for the theme music. 